Welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast, your weekly podcast where we take a deep dive examining knowledge, philosophies, wisdom, and insights to help you to lead, manage, and coach in football, sports, and life. Leader Manager Coach is presented by Rob Riles. Rob is a qualified coach with a League Managers Association qualification and a science and medicine background. He has worked in the football industry in Europe, USA, and Africa at international, premiership, league, non-league, and grassroots levels with World Cup and European Championship experience. Hello and welcome to another edition of Lead and Manager Coach Rob Riles welcoming you to another programme. And today I'm really excited to be able to talk about an absolute icon, an absolute Legend, and, and I use that word very, very sparingly in life, but this guy is undoubtedly a legend. Um, he is from the sport of basketball, and in the United States, he is renowned as possibly the greatest coach that has ever lived. And uh, he did win an accolade and he was voted the coach of the century. Now, if you're voted the coach of the century, I think you've got a fairly a fairly substantial claim to being at the top of your game. And I've had this book and it's the information I'm going to share with you comes from a book um, called The Essential Wooden. And the guy we're talking about is the very, very famous John Wooden from the world of basketball. And uh, I hold my hand up and say that um, it wasn't so long ago that I hadn't heard about this guy. And um, I suppose a little bit embarrassingly for somebody who is so into coaching and um, leadership and, and, and educating and teaching, I hadn't heard about him. And when I found out and did a little bit of research, which wasn't difficult because the internet is littered with quotes the internet is littered with stories about John Wooden and his life and his work and um, it was quite easy to find out about it and um, I got into a book called The Essential Wooden as I said a lifetime of lessons on leaders and leadership and um, I managed to read it in two days just because it was the kind of stuff that um, once you get into it you just want to devour and it's not the only book about the guy, but um, it, it certainly was a, it was an inspirational one for me. And, and there was so many so many bright lines in it, so many key points that I thought, you know, I need to share this. So this this podcast episode and possibly the next one, depending on how long this takes, we're going to take a, a relatively deep dive into into John Wooden, into his life, into his philosophy, into his achievements, because he has so much to say about successful coaching. It, it's almost unbelievable. If you can just take, in my opinion, um, a smattering of the the philosophies, which are, are relatively simple and very much based on on, on a character, um, but he has definite, definite, definite thought processes on teams, on leadership, which I absolutely love. I'm very much aligned with, and of course, it depends on. On where you stand yourself, but he is—he's got so much to share. It, it, it's awesome, and um, I will share you share with you his his uh, website addresses um, before the end of the 
the podcast anyway. But um, yeah, so when I went when I went through it, there were about five key areas that I thought, you know what, he's he's so so phenomenal in terms of his information on these uh, on these five areas. We'll just divide it into these five areas and we'll talk about it. And then last of all, and this is probably John Wooden's most famous lasting legacy that he's left is what's called the pyramid of success and um, that is so worthwhile understanding because um, it's not something that appeared overnight Um, this guy evolved this pyramid of success over 15 years of work so over a period of 15 years he he created this pyramid which he honed he changed he altered he improved until he was happy with it and he used it throughout his career and he's left it behind and um, he explains in the book why he put the blocks into the pyramid that he did and why, why the ones that didn't stay came out and why the ones that are still in stayed in and why they're arranged as they are in the pyramid so that it is a structure that not only not only contains masses of information and very pertinent, relevant information, but actually is, is structured in such a way as to um, obviously go from the bottom to the top with a strong base um, and a, a structured middle and um, and I suppose an epiphany on the top, if you like, or or, or an ultimate goal on the top. Um, so who was John Wooden? Well, John Wooden was a basketball coach from the United States of America. If you want to learn all about him, if you just um, you just Google him, basically, like everything else. Um, but Coach Wooden um, is a website all about John Wooden. Um, there's another website called, um, I think it's called Values, Victory and Peace of Mind, um, which is a great title, isn't it? Values, Victory and Peace of Mind, which is uh, all about John Wooden's life and work. Um, but in his... And in his career, which is his um, first-class career in coaching, I believe, lasted about 40, 40 years, and so spread over four decades. And during that, during that period of time, and just to give a little taste of how successful he was in terms of achievement, which is a great contrast to actually what we want to talk about, but he, he only ever had one losing season in 40. Um, and that was his first season. Um, he his teams won seven national championships in a row so he had a, a national championship victory for seven seasons in a row um, he had a an 88 game winning streak um, in it with one of his basketball teams and he also during that period of time during his four decades he had what are known as four perfect seasons and I'll be honest with you I haven't dived deeply into those but I imagine that they're four seasons where his teams won every single game so yes he was a phenomenally successful coach at what he did in his particular profession and um, so let's get started and I make no no apologies for actually if you hear a little bit of paper rustling in the background it's because I've made about six pages of notes and I want to try and stick to it so that you don't miss any. I don't miss anything out. The first thing that actually stands out, the first thing is is comes under the banner of success, and it's not to do with 
what I've just talked about, which were, you know, achievements in terms of medals and victories and championships. And this particular point is almost what defines John Wooden and what actually makes him different than a lot of other people. And it's all about his definition of success. He defines success as doing your best. So if you were doing your absolute best, you are a success. So he had... he. he He goes into this in great detail, but he had no interest in winning medals, no interest in winning championships. He wanted to win every single game he was in. So it was a little bit of a paradox, but he wasn't interested in in the result. He was interested in the effort and the performance and how how you played. One of his mantras was the joy is the journey, not the in. So... You know, if you're on a long journey and you're, and you're looking forward to a, a good night's sleep at the end when you get to the, the place of rest or the inn, as we call it, he, he talks about the joy of the journey, not the joy of the inn. So yes, we all want to get there. We all want to get to the end. But it's actually the journey that he talks about. And he describes his perfect day not as a championship winning game, not as a a cup final, if you like, if you want to call it a cup final or a, or, or a, or a, a men's singles final or the 100 metres final or the basketball final or whatever, whatever it is. He talks about his perfect day as being lost in the moment on court with his players in a training session going through whatever it is he wants to go through at that particular time. And all his players working in perfect synchronicity, harmony, working around him to their absolute maximum with his assistant coaches in sync with not a second wasted total efficiency so that's what what the man was about he was about the process which again leads me back to the mastery which we talked about in an earlier an earlier book when we talked about the joy of the plateau that loving the plateau falling in love with the process and he, he talks about that Kaizen word again, that daily incremental little tiny improvement that takes you towards your goal. And he talks about um, it's how you perform, not whether you've won or lost. And he talks about um, winning when you lose and losing when you win. You know, the, and, and his players who are quoted in the book and smattered, the book is smattered with with, um, with quotes from his ex-players who say, if you won a game of basketball, but you played badly, you, you were in for for the you know the best of what John Wooden had to give you when you returned into the into the locker room, as it's called in basketball. And uh, he wasn't interested in, in in a lucky break. He wasn't interested in in gaining a victory at the expense of um, the other team making a mess. He was interested in how his team did and did they do their best and were they performing better than they'd done before. Um, so, and he stuck to that definition of success and that is probably what, what made all the difference. And um, for me, it needs it needs thinking about from a coach's point of view um, because it's, it, it is such a paradigm shift for so many people. And it can make all the difference. And what it, what it, the difference it made to to Wooden, 
and his teams were that it gave people peace of mind and it gave him standards that were different than what the scoreboard said. He said he would never let the scoreboard tell him whether his life had been a success or a failure. His own internal dialogue, his own internal standards would tell him whether his life or his day or the, or the game had been a success or failure, not the scoreboard. So that, that's how he defines success. Now, the next thing I want to talk about that John Wooden um, was obviously so famous for or infamous for when you read the book or his training sessions. And he himself goes on in enormous detail of how his training sessions improved over the seasons, how they improved over his working life and how they got better. How he would be an absolute meticulous planner of his training sessions so that he knew what he wanted to get done with his players, what he wanted his assistant coaches to do, what drills he wanted for how long, with how many players, at what speed, all written down on these infamous three by five cards that he had. And, and a lot a lot of quotes in the book refer to these three by five cards. And every five minute block in that two hour coaching session, because that's what is again is quoted in the book and talked about often is that those two-hour training sessions were two-hour training sessions. They weren't an hour and 15 minutes with 45 minutes scattered in between while people stood around not knowing what they wanted to do. There were drills, there were runs, there were practices, there were moves, there were, yes, there were discussions, yes, there were um, low-intensity and high-intensity periods but, and the but is that almost to a quote, almost to a man or a woman, the people who contribute to the book talk about in the first few weeks of being involved with one of Wooden's teams, you were absolutely shattered for a good number of weeks when you started to train with his teams because the intensity in his sessions was so high and it wasn't just high um once it wasn't just high once a month or once a fortnight his sessions were high intensity sessions and he he believed in packing them out he believed in total efficiency of time and he believed in working 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 so that the game was just almost easier and was just probably impossibly an easier replication of a training session but all the people who were involved as players in his training sessions say exactly the same thing they say they went into the locker room they went into the dressing room after the after the after the session they they weren't running into the showers they weren't running to get home and get out get out and have a have a beer they were sitting down slumped on the on the bench recovering um often in, in silence or just the odd comment thrown about um, because that was the norm and um, he, he was famous for that and um, that is what appears to be one of the key fundamental successes so I think the questions we can ask ourselves and I, I've certainly asked myself I know that is you know how meticulous are we at our training session planning how many of us don't always take the time to be that detailed but he makes a massive point about being detailed and, and meticulous planning and the notes he made 
during the session and, and after the session so that he could improve himself. The next thing that he went on to talk about from the training sessions was, um, and it, it's um, related obviously to it, is the games. And he talks about never ever using the vocabulary of winning to his players. So he never demanded of his players to go out and win. He never demanded of them to go out and beat the opposition. He he never got them fired up. He talks a great deal about avoiding the rah-rah and the, the um, developing this unbridled passion that just dissipates in, in, a, in a fog of heat and smoke. Um, he, he talks about over a period of time developing players who have this focused intensity that they have this quiet, almost masterful, focused intensity that they go out onto the court with um, that doesn't dissipate easy, easily, that's focused, that's funneled and is, is, is powerful rather than a, a rah-rah raging fire that burns itself out and um, at the change of fortune can turn in on itself. So he, he talks about the development and it is development of this focused intensity which only comes through practice and training and self-knowledge and confidence that comes from the type of training, the type of input that Wooden, Wooden gave to his players. Um, he talks about not, not needing to give enormous pre-game talks, not needing to do an awful lot at, you know in the breaks, um, because he developed leaders and he developed players that could handle situations. So, um, you know, he, he talks about having a soapbox, yes, because he was, the, he was the leader, but not using the soapbox just because he had the opportunity to use the soapbox. So he often talks about how, how keeping, his, um, keeping his ears open and, and, and using, using odd words and encouragement um, here and there rather than long drawn out speeches and um, things along the line of, of that. He also talks very much about the avoidance in his career of, of analysing the opposition. He, he says his philosophy was very, very much on his own team, on the strengths of his own team and developing his own team and making them powerful, making them confident, making them competent and not focusing his players' minds on the opposition's strengths. And I'm sure that there's people listening to this, in, especially you know, in, in your sport, who think, wow, you know, um, we, we, we've we done really well and we've been successful at, at, at snuffing out certain players or certain plays because we had prior knowledge. And um, it's an interesting point and it's a great discussion, but his philosophy was definitely on on himself, uh, on, on his own team. And that was something that the great Liverpool side uh, in, in, in football often talked about you know the, the great Liverpool players from the Shankly era talked about they, they had no fear of anybody else and one of the reasons they say they had no fear was because the only the only ever um, information that that, it, that Shanks and the backroom team ever gave was it was a joke about um, the opposition being tired or worn out or being gone out the night before and got a skin full and not looking too good um, they, they did they rarely if at all focused on the strengths of the opposition they just worked on themselves and um, had this had this amazing confidence which is what Wooden seems to share the the next two the next two 
subheadings really. Then the next one is team, and I've rarely come across writing that underlines and focuses on creating teams, not individuals, as this one. If there's anything that stands out for me, um, th- there are two things that, that, that stand out for me personally from reading about this man. One is the development of character because he puts the development of character beyond the success of the team. And linked to that, he talks about almost to an obsessive degree, he talks about developing a team, not individuals. And he, he, he talks about teams being made up of not necessarily the best players, but people who together create a synergy who make and create the best team. He definitely talks about the respect needed by the individuals in that team, A, towards each other and B, towards the coach because there will be uncomfortable decisions because not everybody can play. There will be people who will be on the bench and he talks about that in great detail as well. But he talks about this respect between each other so that teams don't destroy from within. He talks about the acknowledgement of each other. So he talks very much and gives real good examples of how in a season things were going really well. And they had one player who was almost off the scale in terms of scoring points. but um, And he felt and saw that this person's ego was getting out of line because he was scoring literally hundreds of points. I'm not sure how many but masses and masses of points and it seemed to be that he was the he was the media star and everybody else was was getting no recognition and he noticed that he had the and he cites this example of of the player running running around beating his chest um almost saying to the crowd look at me look at me look at me and um he makes this example of how he changed the ethos he changed the culture by one simple instruction and he said to um that if you score if you're the one who scores if you're the player who scores and puts the puts the ball in the basket then you are obliged in my team to acknowledge certainly the person who made the pass to you and we call that an assist i don't know whether what they call it in basketball but in football it's called an assist now you're you're whether that's a smile whether that's a thumbs up whether that's a nod of the head, that's all it needs to be. It doesn't have to be run over and give him a hug. It just means needs to be an acknowledgement. And he says that that simple act, that acknowledgement changed the culture. It made the player who was beating his chest understand very simply and without getting getting hauled over the coals. Um, actually, I couldn't do this without my teammates. And um, it gave recognition and sufficient recognition to the teammates who'd done the work, won the ball back, created the opposition, created the, the, the opening, should I say, and got, got the ball to the player who, who put it into the into the basket. He definitely talks about no stars in his team. Um, he talks about a team, not stars. And he talks a great deal about the players who aren't in the first um, starting lineup. 
and the, the challenges that coaches have and we all as coaches totally understand that I think that most managers today will tell you that one of their biggest challenges in their in your daily life as a coach as a manager as a leader is dealing with the possible negatives of having to tell somebody or having somebody on the bench who's not happy to be on the bench who's got a poor attitude who's trying to bring the team down who wants the team to do badly because they're not in the team and if that happens it shows or possibly sheds light on the fact that if they were in the team they'd do better and he he deals with that in um, in, in quite a lot of detail and one of the things he he talks about is making sure and saying to his players make sure you're ready because you will get an opportunity and by Joe make sure you're ready because if you're not ready and you have the opportunity and you don't step up to the plate then you probably will not get another opportunity. And that's how he kept some of his players right on the right on the metal. Um, and uh, one of the things he did, and, and, and there's actual quotes in the book and there's excerpts in the book from this, is he regularly wrote letters to his players. So he didn't write them individual letters as far as I know. He may well have done. But what he did, he wrote a letter to the team. Now, whether he wrote... And, it, and got it copied and gave each player a letter he possibly did or he wrote one letter and, and it was read out by the team captain and available for everybody else to look at but he wrote letters to the team and he wrote letters to saying look you know I'm a human being I'll do this I'll make decisions and you won't like all the decisions I'm going to make but you can either be mature about it and stick with us or you can sulk and you can mope and you can let us down and he talks about the letters, or the book talks about the letters that he wrote where he demands the self-discipline and he demands the the respect for each other. And he, he talks about how the season will have challenges and, and it's how they respond to those challenges that will determine whether the, succeed, the, the season is a success or not. And they're, they're wonderful examples of communication that somebody of somebody who's communicating and you can tell without a shadow of a doubt that you're dealing with a person of integrity and with a person who actually believes what they're saying and wants you to be part of that process and what what those letters did for me when I read them was it was it made you think if I was one of those players I just want to please this guy I, I just want to be part of his team and I think possibly if you didn't resonate with what he was saying, you would probably drop away. And maybe that's what he wanted. But um, it's amazing to think that um, it, you know those letters were, were, were available to players because I'm not sure that they'd be written today um, because maybe of, uh, certainly in professional sport, in professional football, I don't know. But it's very, very interesting. And the last thing... Um, so we've talked about his definition for success. We've talked about his training sessions, the nuggets from his training sessions, his attitude towards games and his attitude towards the team. And finally, um, it's his leadership, just his general leadership. Um, he talked about his own development of leadership, how he was certainly not the finished article and how he was, was, was determined to get better and better and better every season. He talked about how he learned about shades of grey because he said he was very black and white in his thinking. So you were either right or you're wrong. And if you were wrong, he would dress you down. And he said, I learned very quickly that 
Um, number one, I couldn't dress people down in public and I needed to, if I was going to criticise somebody, I would do it in a certain way. But I, I, I learned, he said, that he, you know, he's talking about himself, he learned to um, be a little bit softer um, and understand that there were shades of grey, Not it's not always black and white, and that's something I, I can certainly relate to. He talks about a head-heart balance where he actually, as he grew older and became more mature, he, he learned to, to listen a little bit more and feel things rather than just be black and white. Yes, my head says this, but my heart says the other. So which, you know, can I have a little bit of balance between the two? He talks about the emotional control, how he didn't rant and rave and how he didn't allow his players to get too high or he didn't get them to too low and how this this um, focused intensity of emotion that was just this burning, glowing desire that was just on but it wasn't a raging forest fire that would blow up and turn in on itself and turn on each other. He talks about giving credit away, as in the acknowledgement example of players on the basketball court. He talks about absolute trust and honesty by doing what you say and focusing on simple things and working on them day in, day out. And he talks about the development of character. And one of the things he says in the book is, um, I'm not. I wasn't in here to develop great basketball teams. That was just an aside. I, I I used the basketball court to develop great people, and you know that kind of thing just takes it another step further than than it than it's you know it's more than more than just a game. Um, and and obviously, you know this is a guy who is saying this kind of thing, and. He says, I'm not focusing on the basketball, yet he was—he is the most successful basketball coach, arguably, I don't know too much about basketball that, that's ever been. He's certainly devoted as coach of the century. So, um, you know, that, that if that alone doesn't give us f- food for thought, then um, I don't really know. I don't really know what does. But um, it's absolutely phenomenal. If you're a coach, um, you can only grow, you can only gain and you can only make your career, life, and the people in, under your jurisdiction more successful by finding out about this guy. So, um, Coach Wooden, um, there's a website, the other website, Values, Victory, and Peace of Mind. And um, there's a number of books about him. The, the one that um, I used to get a lot of this information, uh, which was absolutely phenomenal, um, was The Essential Wooden, A Lifetime of Lessons on Leaders and Leadership. So, there we are. Um, if you want to find out more um, and find out some related topics and the things we've talked about in the past, um, then visit uh, Leader Manager Coach website, robriles.co.uk. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. And um, if you want, to, you want to send me a message on there, please feel free. Let's connect. Let's talk about um, whatever it is that you, uh, you want to discuss because it's not just a one-way, one-way street. What I'm interested in, what your thoughts are on these processes too. And um, if uh, you know you you know some other coaches who you think would be interested, um, you know just send them along to um, the uh, app, the Apple iTunes portal, and um, tell them to search for leader manager coach, and um, we'll uh, we'll share as much information as we can to help people on their journey. As I say always, thanks for listening. I do appreciate it, and um, we'll cover the next 
next part, the success pyramid, because it's um, there's so much information in that. We'll do that in a separate separate episode. So the success pyramid, wooden success pyramid, come up in the next the next episode. So great to have you with you. As always, thanks for listening, and I'll catch you later. <laughs>